welcome back to another episode of Last Week Out. Just go around the room real quick and just uh, introduce everyone that's in here. We've got Dr. David Slack on the keyboard. Um, not a world famous EDM DJ like I said last week. I fact checked him this week and found out that that wasn't true. However, still lays down pretty sick beats. I'm that kind of girl. <laughs> We've got Anthony Tatum over here to my left. He's our conversationist. And uh, he's got white shoes on today, which I feel like is a mistake. I don't know why someone would wear such white shoes because they're going to get ruined. Well, it's, they, it's Sunday. That's true. But I don't see any holes in his jeans. So, hmm. And then we have Mr... I'm very, very excited for our guest, and I'm going to tell you guys a little bit, a little story about this guest before I even introduce him. I don't even know where to begin, to be honest. <laughs> all I know, all I know is that this man saved my dad's life once, and it is, it is, it was such a powerful experience, and I like to say it's the, it was the day I saw racism end. So for... Our audio listeners, because there is no video, Danny is a very stout black man with dreads, okay? And then my dad is just your classic conservative man with a mustache. And White, uh, white as the bread in my cupboard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, we had this big plan. It was like 60 people. We're all going to the, to, to the Salt River. We're going to get on air mattresses and blow up boats and we're going to float down like a mile two miles down this river and it's going to be like it's this amazing experience and blah 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 so i'm telling my dad about it on the phone and he's like oh man i want to go do that i'm like yeah you totally should go to walmart get an air mattress blah mm -hmm. blah blah so he calls me like the day of and it's my mom on the other end she goes what have you gotten your dad into does he need a life vest is this going to be dangerous <laughs> and i'm like no mom it's the salt river like if he does fall in, he's going to float. Haven't you ever heard of like... You even know what salt is? You even know what salt is? <laughs> it's a nootropic. <laughs> so she's freaking out. I'm like, Mom, it's going to be fine. He doesn't need a life vest. Just get the air mattress. So fast forward, we're all showing up at the Salt River. And I look down. I look on my phone find out it's Category 4 high tide on the Salt River. It was an aggressive day. It was an aggressive day It was on an the river. aggressive day to be on yeah. the river. It was rough. So we're, and there's a lot of us. There are so many of about us. About how many? 60. Yeah. I would say about 60 of Whoa, us. Whoa, that's Maybe not an embellishment, more. Danny? 60? Like roughly 60 oh in multiple God. different pods tied together, people floating in all different directions. It was somewhat controlled chaos. Okay, okay. Very dangerous. Yeah. So were you, were you, your dad and Danny tied together on the same pod? We were at one point and okay. then we got... Yeah. And then we got tight here. Let me just tell the story. So we're floating around, right? We're having a good time. And my dad kind of struggled to originally get on the mattress because he just thought, he said, oh, I'm going to buy, you know, the double stacked queen uh, air mattress, which can be kind of hard to get on. So we're floating along, right? And what tends to happen when you start floating on this river is the the tide, the current or whatever, starts to take you towards like the embankments and the walls. Yep. And there's a bunch of, it's in the middle of the desert, right? So there's all these crazy trees just f like protruding out from the, from the embankments and you start to go a little fast. Yeah. I would say you get up to 15, dare I say 25 miles an hour. <laughs> it's like, have you ever snowboarded and you don't necessarily know how to stop? 
Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're like, I am going entirely too fast, and I feel like my life is in danger. Yeah, you put too much confidence in yourself. <laughs> that's and exactly, now I think that's what it's like. It's okay. exactly what it's like. Yeah. So we're cruising along, right? And all of a sudden, I look back, and my dad got untied, and he's just a lonely air mattress floating by himself. And I'm like, and I, and I screamed to him, and I said, Dad. Do not get off the air mattress for any reason. And I started to get scared. I was like, oh, my God. So we're cruising along, right? And I look back. My dad hits the embankment. This tree branch rips him off the air mattress, pokes a hole in the air mattress, and he's struggling. And in that moment, I realized looking at my dad drowning, and I was like, this is what he went through my entire life when I was just <laughs> fucking up and making horrible mistakes and I was drowning and all he could do was watch from the sidelines. It's and I, I, like, I was like, my dad's about to die. And then I could just think of my mom just saying, does he need a life vest? And just like being super upset. Cause now dad's dead. And it was my fault. Cause if he would have just had a life vest on, everything would have been totally fine. So I don't know what happens, but at some point, we kind of float back together and my dad's struggling, dude, right? And the sun's coming down and it's all orange outside. And I'm like, dad, just grab the boat, grab the boat. And then I just see Danny's hand come into the frame. And then I see my dad's hand come into the frame <laughs> and they grab each other's wrists, dude, like a strong handshake. And Danny pulls him up into the boat and saves his life. And then Danny takes his shirt off and he's like, here, use this shirt to tie his boat to our boat. So I do that. And then we just, we just float along and everything's okay. And I remember my dad getting out and going up to Danny and just going, shakes his hand. Thank you, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. This was like two some odd years. I think you still have that shirt. I still have the shirt. <laughs> it was a shirt that I got in Thailand. Oh, man. And we were on this boat cruise in Thailand and it's like this weird material. It's the It's one of my favorite shirts. And I need to get that back. Yeah, where uh, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> in my closet, in a bag. Yeah. It's framed on the wall. It's framed on the, it's wall. Framed on the wall. I'm going to show my grandkids this uh, shirt. But you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for this shirt. It was like a movie montage moment, kind of. I didn't think about it at the time, but like you know, looking back at you it. Just it kind of, yeah, you just acted. Yeah, I don't know. He was just like flailing in the water and was like kind of close. And I was like... I don't know, man. Let me just reach the hand out and see what happens. Yeah, it's the least you could do. You, you <laughs> felt, and but okay. So let's. This is actually a fun little topic. Like those moments of heroicness that we've had in our lives. You know, those are small. It might seem small, but yeah. can you guys think of any other? Like I, I don't have very many. I imagine a lot in my life. I remember I was going through hard times in my life, and I was like, man, it would be really cool if I could just find an act of nobility. Yeah, you know, and, I, and that's what I was looking for. That would have been really amazing. And I'm having a little bit of trouble thinking. Like, I don't think there's anybody walking around on this earth that's that's just like, man, Anthony Tatum saved my life. <laughs> Here's the thing. I didn't think it was like that big of a deal at the moment, mm -hmm. right? It was just kind of like, all right, this is happening, and now this is the next thing. Like, you just kind of, that's what you do. Uh, I don't... I, that's well, what you do. Yeah, well, yeah. Such a good man. <laughs> yeah, I had so much emotion involved that when it happened, it just felt like I was just so relieved and so thankful to Danny. You <laughs> said my dad. <laughs> said, dad? You said my dad? Because <laughs> I love my dad so goddamn much. <laughs> and he saved his life. What a beautiful moment. And I think that's what happens, dude, is like you might get involved in some, like you're like, you know, you're walking down the street somewhere and someone's in help and you go to help and to you it's not that big of a deal mm -hmm. but to them it's like 
the world. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing about heroism, you know? Like, Superman saves a speeding train from crashing into something. It's just another day. Just another day in his yeah. life. Yeah, it's just, just like super regular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> day-to-day activity yeah, for yeah. me. Yeah. Just Absolutely. out here killing it. Well, and I think that's what an amazingly powerful introduction, Danny. I'll tell you what. Our last guest, Bird, didn't get an introduction. <laughs> they were like, Bird. He owns a business. He is my nicotine plug. Yeah, he hooks us up with the vapes. Now, Bird's a good dude. No, Bird's amazing. Uh, Yeah, I don't know, man. It was it was kind of wild. Definitely a good time, though. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It just seemed like a natural reaction, Uh, and it was super cool. And I'm excited to be here. So thanks for having me. Yeah, no, thank you for coming. And so we brought on Danny. We're really, really excited to have him. I think that uh, conversationally, he's as strong as anyone. we could have uh i would consider danny to be the more uh educationally inclined not that <laughs> some of our uh friends aren't intelligent but danny pushes himself uh in his some of our friends are definitely unintelligent <laughs> we don't let's not get into that on the podcast Yikes. i mean we i love them Just all kidding. equally i want you guys to know that all of the friends listening you're all smart to me guys and so uh danny what are you doing currently in your life maybe to broaden your education i know uh you were you were an avid um you read am i yeah. right on that yeah so here's the thing like i uh i think i have a problem with commitment okay so i read but i currently have 15 i think books that i've read a quarter to a half of there's a bookmark in them right now there is mm-hmm. a bookmark in there and i intend to finish it and then all of a sudden, I'll some other subject will interest me, and I'll have to buy that book, right? So I got one on like super intelligence about AI and how it's gonna change the world and like doomsday scenario. Yeah, a couple like poetry ones, um, a couple of like I don't know, here's how you become a better person type stuff. Uh, but I read half of a book, and then my interest jumps to something else, and I have to come back to it later. So there's that. Uh, I'm in school right now. I'm doing this like data analytics programs. So I'm like learning coding and I've learned to code. Yeah. I'm like learning Python and uh, SQL and using APIs to like pull in data and create maps. And uh, it's a lot of stuff that is a lot more interesting than it sounds. Cause I like, I'm, I'm really stubborn. And what you do in that situation is you fuck up mm-hmm. and then you find out why you fucked up and you change it. And you realize that didn't work. So you change it again and you realize that didn't work. And if you're stubborn and pretty decent at like solving problems, you'll have some success is what it seems like. This and is I'm realm. Both of those things. Like I am very stubborn. Like I, I have to find the answer to whatever the, the problem is. So it's literally up till 5 a.m. on Friday and then fucking 3 a.m. yesterday yeah. trying to get a map to populate with color codes based off of some other numbers on how they rank, how the states rank. Okay. Uh, and yeah, so I'm like, I'm using that uh, to hopefully like, I don't know, build programs, do better data analysis at work, make more money. How do we get here? I mean, hmm. when you were a kid, were you a stubborn kid? Yeah, man, I was always pretty, pretty stubborn. Here's the thing. I, so my parents are stubborn as fuck. Right. Uh, And they're immigrants. And I think this is like an immigrant thing. Right. Like you, the parents just are unreasonable and whatever. And I think I got it from them. Right. But like, yeah, once I come to like a decision, here's the thing. I I think a lot and I'm like super left brain. So I'm rational. So once I like get to a conclusion, like Mm -hmm. you got to give me 
evidence that I'm wrong. Hard facts. Like factual, like it has to make sense. And I have to look at it and be like, oh shit, okay, yeah, here's where I went wrong. This is why. Cool, I'm going to change my mind. The first Google page isn't going to cut it for you. You're going to need a few of those. Yeah, like if if we're looking at uh, like brainblogger.com, I'm not, not entirely not convinced that that's the... You Who know, owns brainblogger.com? Yeah, like what's going David? on there? David, get that pulled up. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just, you don't so, so, <laughs> so like, who? you know what I mean? So whatever. Uh, so I'm trying to find the answer to stuff and like I can't fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can get stuff wrong, learn why I got it wrong, mm-hmm. and then figure out a solution to it. Uh, and I've always been interested in like why. Um, I don't know. I was like an observer in my house a lot growing up, so maybe it came from there. But I'm trying to like figure out why things are happening. I used to like take my dad used to help me take apart radios when I was a kid, mm-hmm. uh, and like rebuild them and stuff like that. And I think part of me is just like sad that I didn't keep doing that and become like an engineer or something. Uh, so this is like my way back into that. When your parents came here, did yeah. they were they married when they came to America? That's a really good question. Um, so this is where I feel like a horrible person. Uh, I don't. I'm happy I asked. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, and here's why. So my dad came over as like a political refugee. He was like fighting the government and like guerrilla warfare and doing raids on like the where uh, in Ethiopia. Right okay. there was like this oppressive government and they shut down the schools and he like got taken to a military prison. He had to like walk on rocks on his knees as part of punishment. So like him and his buddy escaped Holy and they shit. like hitchhiked to Sudan and they were able to flee Sudan and come to America as like a political prisoner. It was this wild ass story that he told me when I was like 14 when we back, went back to Ethiopia and we're like in these mountains and there's this guy who has a AK-47 that he's walking around with right in case like some wild orangutan tries to like get wild or something, right? So I'm sitting there like, oh, that's wild. Like I want to hold the gun, and my mom's freaking the fuck out. Uh, and my dad's like, yeah, whatever. Like it's cool. And he's like, starts telling me about like his history, and he shows me like bullet wound scars like in the back of his ear and one in his chest. I'm like, where do these Holy come from? Holy shit! Your dad is Nelson Mandela's hero. Dude, my dad is like a fucking gangster apparently, and I didn't realize this. At like, I thought my dad was just like this like regular ass dude that just like works and goes to sleep and like no wonder you makes me Chad's dad it's here it's deep ingrained in your bloodline heroes after heroes after heroes yeah it's fucking wild right okay and like i think we all think that like our dad's like i don't know like i always thought he was just like a regular ass dude he's telling me like yeah we used to you know in the middle of the night we would come and we would raid the uh the military compound and we would steal all their guns and then we would use it against them yeah and he's like describing guerrilla warfare i was like my dad was a guerrilla yeah, warfare guy. Like, and you're like, like, I saved a guy in the Salt River once. Yeah, so I think during we're high even, tide. During high tide, yeah, yeah big part. minimize. It. It was, cool moon. It was basically like a hurricane Chad happening. Would be without a dad right now, David, I wouldn't so be here be so if it wasn't insensitive. for that because I would have <laughs> never been born. How many people do we know with daddy issues? If we can make sure there's one less, then you know, like I feel like I've done my part in life. You know, yeah, you saved a lot of people some problems. Yeah, yeah. your dad's life sounds like a JJ. Okay, and, and then yeah. your mom. Uh, so my mom came a couple years after him, I think. Uh, from so, Ethiopia as from well. E- yeah, so they both came from Ethiopia in like the 70s or something. Um, okay. And here's the other thing. Like Ethiopian culture is really weird. Uh, it's like super secretive. You don't like talk about private stuff a lot, like even within the family, right? Okay, okay. And the other side of that is, so like I was born in Phoenix uh, and like for whatever it's worth, and, and I, I see why they did it. But my parents didn't teach me their native language, right? It's it's called Amharic. I only speak English. So, like, I picked up a little bit when I was a kid just, like, hearing it around the house. Mm-hmm. 
but they would talk to each other in Amharic. And then I'd be like sitting there like, all right, I caught four of like, it'd be like if you went down and like heard people talking in Spanish right now. Right. Like, I don't know. Maybe you're fluent in Spanish. I'm not entirely sure. Poquito. Yeah. 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 Mas menos. Right. So like I could hear, you know, seven different words. Like this is the thing they're talking about. But it's not like we're having a conversation, right? Like, I'm just, like, overhearing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, I'm in my house as a kid, and there's, like, multiple other people living with us, which is a whole other tangent. Uh, but, like, everyone's speaking that language. So I'm not hearing the stories, like, at dinner time and that kind of stuff. I'm kind of just, like, sitting there observing. So, like, the end result of that is I don't know a lot of shit about, like, their history and background and, like, when they got married and like i don't know maybe and i'm i'm an asshole because i didn't I, I could probably just ask right but hey no no when you're a kid that's <laughs> how you learn about your parents they'll be fighting in the other room and you're listening yeah and then you, and then they come out and you're like i heard you in there i heard what you said this sounds like experience yeah oh no that this is experience <laughs> yeah i've got multiple stepdads I, i've learned everything from fights in the other rooms right that's just how it works i remember hearing fights but like it was in another language, language. Yeah. so they come out and they look at you and they're like we're fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm confused. I'm like, no, you didn't. I heard the glass breaking. Like, that's not fine. That's not normal. That was, that was fun in there. Yeah. I'm that like, I don't know what's time. happening. Like, are they fighting with each other? Are they fighting about something else? Do I have anything to do with it? I'm confused. I'm going to play Super Mario. Yeah. Did you have siblings? Uh, so that's the other, like, weird. The more I talk about this, the more I realize, like, my child is But you grew up, normal. you grew up with, it sounded like there was other people in the home. Yeah, so this is what happens, right? Uh, when you're uh, foreign, uh, I, I think most foreign people do this, maybe not most, I don't know, my family certainly did. Uh, you bring people over and, like, you sponsor them, right? Because it's hard as fuck to get a green card mm-hmm. and, like, get into America. Like, this shit is difficult. Well, and when your dad's a, yeah. a fucking hero, he's going to bring as many people over and try yeah. to help them get their feet out here. Yeah, so that's basically what happens. I think my parents really are heroes. Like, they ended up starting a church later on. So, anyways. Can we get they, your dad on next week? Yeah, probably. Yeah, that would not? be That would probably be really nice. Yeah, it would be interesting. I'd, I would probably learn a lot of stuff, office. to be honest with you. Uh, so yeah, they, they, they like have, uh, like their sister's kids and their brother's kids. And like, uh, so they're like rich in Ethiopia. Cause like $1 here is like fucking 50 over there or whatever. So like they have like live in fucking maids and service people or whatever, like do the laundry, clean, cook, that kind in of shit. In Ethiopia. In Ethiopia. So like those people will have kids and they'll like bring them over here to like give them a better life and education and that kind of shit. So between the age of three and like 16, there were, I think it was 10 or 11 people that came, lived with my family in my home for two years or more, and then like left and did whatever they do with their life, right? Do you stay in contact with any of them? Literally none of them except for like one. Wow. Yeah. So I'm like, so the first one, the first two uh, is when I'm like, first day that I remember they were there, right? Like, I don't know what was happening before this. I don't have memory back that far. But, like, from the first day I remember, they're, they're living there. So it's me, my mom, my dad, and these two other people in, 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 in this house, right? And then, like, a couple years later, they're gone. And I'm just like, where the fuck? What, where did they go? And my parents are like, oh, yeah, they moved out. And it's, like, normal as hell to them, but, like, I'm not used to this shit. Right. And then, like, later on, and they're like older, right? So my parents are like, oh, these are your uncles. I'm like, all right, cool, uncles. Like, I know what an uncle is. Uh, I know what an aunt is. And then there's another one that came over that was uh, eight years older than me. Mm-hmm. And my mom's like, and my mom and dad is like, this is your brother. 
Because, like, how are you going to explain this concept to a seven-year-old? Because I'm, like, seven at the time, right? Like, we're going to tell the seven-year-old, like, yeah, I have a sibling whose son is in Ethiopia, and, like, the school sucks, and, like, they're going to come here and get a bet. Like, no, you're going to be like, this is your brother. Like, fucking go play. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, from seven to, like, whatever, I'm, like, naive. I'm, like, this is my brother. And then all of a sudden, like, things start, like, not adding up. I'm, like, wait a minute. Like, this is my brother. Like, why was he in Ethiopia and not here? And Where's he been? Yeah, like, what's going on, right? He doesn't look like me at all. Uh, like, there's a bunch of just things that aren't. But, like, when I try to go ask my parents about it, yeah, the culture is super, like, private. And you don't talk about things at all, basically. And, like, I grew up in a different culture, right? Like, I'm fully, like, Americanized, if you will. Right. Uh, and it's, like, this weird thing to where, like, you know what? I'm just not going to ask the question. I'm just going to go about my life over here. Right. And like not ask the question. Uh, and that's what being a kid, kids are so resilient. It takes a while before we even realize something's different. And then when we finally do, it's like, oh, wow. Well, yeah. It's just, uh, then it's like $200 a week in therapy. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, later. In your 30s. In your 30s. Yeah. No, and so, cool. well, what a beautiful backstory that we have so far. So the point of the podcast, yeah. uh, initially, when we threw it on the paper, and, and Chad's the best at explaining it, but we like to talk to people and kind of hear a lot about them you know what they're doing now and and i think you've painted a good picture and then talk a little bit about maybe a struggle that they've overcome how they did it and so it kind of gives our listeners a opportunity to maybe have some relatability to it but then also to kind of build maybe potential solutions for whatever issues are going on with them because i know that for us what we had all found was we had this amazing community of people who had pretty much lived in a lot of the experiences like some that I have never but I would know how to work through them with tact and grace not because I am a man who uh, intuitively has tact and grace but because I'd watched someone walk through it and so for you when I kind of talk about a hard experience or something that you've had to work through um, that you feel comfortable talking about what do you what do you think of um yeah I don't know man like I uh I've been an observer my entire life when I think about it, right? A stubborn, a stubborn, a stubborn observer. observer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you ever have this sense that, like, the things that you, like, your your conception of yourself does not match anybody else's conception of you. Yeah, that's Does about that 10 sense? minutes in the morning, I think, for most people. You yeah. have that yeah, yeah, in the morning. Yeah. So I read this book about it. I actually finished this one. It's called One Nun in a Hundred Thousand, right? And this character is, like, married or whatever, and his wife makes a comment about his crooked nose. And he's like, I don't have a crooked nose. And she's like, no, you, you, your nose is crooked. Uh, and he, like, goes into the mirror, and he, like, finally recognizes, like, holy shit, like, this entire time she's been seeing me as this guy with a crooked nose, but I've been living this life as a guy without one. Mm -hmm. And that like fucking snowballs, right? And it's like, okay. What else is there? Well, yeah. If like, if my wife sees me as this guy, what does my boss see me as? And what do, and, and like, so the one is like me, my one conception. Uh, the none is like nobody else had, like there's four people in this room right now and all three of you have a different opinion of who I am. Like, like if someone was like, hey, describe Danny. Like you would say different things. So would there be four or five perceptions of you, including yours and then the actual well, that's the that I think that's the nun. nun. The nun is there. There is no. What, what is the actual? 
Okay. Right? If 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 none Isn't of a collection us, of all of ours, I don't even know. Yeah. So that's the hundred thousand. It's like there's a hundred thousand different ones. Oh wow. And like, I don't know. That's so so like I don't know how to describe myself because I'm just like I don't know. Like, does this match? Like, there's no logical evidence for like me to say this equal like. I, my mind goes like wild with that kind of shit, yeah, right? Yeah, and it's an area that I can't answer. So, uh, the, the the end result of that though is like I don't, I feel like I don't really connect with people on this like emotional uh, level, right? So you add that to the part that like my entire life, people have been uh, coming, living with us, leaving. I'm out, right? Like I don't. You're gonna you're gonna be gone at some point. So I'm not going to like connect care much if you disappear, which sounds callous and like horrible. Well, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe helpful in the world today. But has it caused some stressors like relationship stressors? Probably, I would guess. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. No, it's like a massive fucking issue. Right. Right. So like, all right, cool. How do I like get through this? Right. Like I in, in, in high school, I joined sports teams. Right. And I play sports and I have like my teammates, right? And like, we have this thing and we're teammates. And like, I hang out with a couple of them after, like outside, um, but I don't talk to any of them anymore, except for like one on Facebook about basketball stuff. Uh, but anyways, like I, you know, like I, I have this area where I hang out with these people. Uh, and then I just start like getting loaded. Right? I start like fucking smoking weed, doing like Coke, all that type of shit to like blot this out. Uh, you didn't know that's what you were doing when you were that age. Did you? Hell no, I didn't know that was. I, like, you, you just know, tried it and you were like, "Woo!" I tried it. Like, so, so literally, what happened was, I was playing basketball one day. We were, it was during practice, and after practice, one of the kids was like, "Hey, man, you want to come smoke a blunt?" And I'm 14, and I'm like, "I don't know what the fuck a blunt is, but like, if you want me there, then yeah, like I'll be there. I just want this acceptance, so sure." Uh, so we go to his house, and they like do all the work because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, and then I. I've been an observer, right? So, like, the first guy lights it, and he does what he does, and he, like, hits it, whatever, and then he passes it to the next guy, and the next guy hits it, and I'm like, okay, so this is, when it gets to me, this is what I do. All right, cool. He's breathing in. He's This is what he's doing. So, I just mimic what he does. Did they know that you had never done that before? I don't think they did. You didn't even need to tell them that. I, I, yeah, I don't. I'm a fucking pro. Yeah, here's the thing. Like, I will, I'm good at mimicking and being a chameleon and changing who I am based on, based on who I'm around, like, in order to win their approval, like, all that kind of stuff, right? So, I, I, I see what they're doing, and I'm like, okay, let me just do what they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did, and I got fucking stoned to shit, and I started, like, doing push-ups, and they're like, what the fuck are you doing, Danny? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, man. I wonder what, like, doing push-ups would be like while I'm high. Uh, and it was like, a I don't know, it, it, I finally felt like connected to other people. And I was like, all right, this is, this is cool. This is like what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, that's fine. But I know that like, I'm 14. I like, I know weed's bad. I'm not going to do this a lot. And like, I don't for the next couple of years. Uh, and then like junior, senior year of high school, uh, yeah, I'm like smoking some smoking weed before class it, out of an apple going to school and like still doing the basketball thing and like maintaining this like perception that I'm like a perfect little child. Uh, random tangent. I'm really into music. You guys have songs that take you back to like a certain point in your time. Yeah. Like a, music for me can be like a, a vehicle for try, time travel. Yeah, absolutely. 
no paper and hole folding necessary. Like we're, <laughs> we're good, right? Uh, By the way, for our listeners, that that insight is we were talking about time travel prior because <laughs> we're so intellectual here. And uh, we were laughing about how anytime you see someone try to explain time travel, they just take a piece of paper, they hold it in their hands, they go, they put two dots on it, they go, this is time. This is where we are. This is where we want to be. And, and normally you'd have to go across this line. You go, okay, yeah, no, I can understand that. And then they just fold the paper in half, right? They just fold it in half. They're like, boom, push a pen through it. That's fucking time travel, baby. Seriously, Google any YouTube video with time travel right now. And that I think it's a required part of the explanation. Like you have to have the folding piece of paper in there. Literally the best scientists <laughs> on earth have only been able to utilize paper to explain this. So, so Danny, uh, it's a vehicle for time travel. Music is. Yeah. So it like there's certain songs that take me back to like when I was 16 and living uh, I'm upstairs in my parents' house. And I'm like smoking weed out of the apple, getting ready to go to school and like. Backstreet Boys. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, that yeah. <laughs> No, dude, I'm like super into underground hip hop. So it was like yeah. Apathy, Self Titled, Andre uh, Nicotina, uh, yeah, Rise. Uh, it was like a lot of East Coast underground styles of Beyond. Papoos. 2% of people listening are like, yeah, I know these artists. Yeah, I literally uh, don't know any of them. I'm just throwing yeah. ones that I might know. Uh, Immortal Papoos Technique was in there. Immortal Technique was in okay, there. Yeah, there Dance go. with the Devil and that kind of. Uh, that song was wild. Um, so it's like a bunch of that, like old school boom bap, East Coast underground rap, essentially, is, is what I was listening to. And like when I hear that today, it takes me back to that moment. And if I'm being completely honest, like those were some of the best moments. Of, like I had, I didn't have any worries or cares or like, you know, I was just like enjoying life. You were connecting. Yeah, I was like connected to a bunch of people and like felt comfortable and everything was just good. Right, like I can just go and be free and like light, and I don't know how to explain it with words, but like it was, it was a, it just felt right. Well, I feel it. I feel it right now. Yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah, it was great. Uh, so yeah, I don't know, man. Um, obviously that like progressed, and college was wild. I joined a fraternity, which was weird. Ooh, which fraternity? You want to call it out? Like, hold on, shameless plug. Yeah, Dad, you ready to hype this up with them? Sure, Sigma Phi Epsilon, Sig Sigma. Phi. <laughs> 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 so we got kicked off campus um, after I got to live in the fraternity house, right? And like, I don't know how to. So I, if you knew me before I went to college, I was a dude that was like, all right, like frat bros are fucking weird and like you got to buy your friends and all this type of lame shit. Um, but I get to U of A and I don't really know anybody. So like I cling on to like the two people that I do know out there. And one of them's like, I'm going to go rush these fraternities. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck that means, man, but I'm not really doing shit tonight, so I'll just roll with you, I guess. Uh, so we go, and I'm there, and one of the dudes that lives in the house is like, hey, man, you want to go smoke a bowl? I'm like, yeah, of course. Why would I not do that? Uh, so we go do that, and then, like, someone else does the same thing. And I'm like, oh, these guys are kind of cool. Like, they just, like, hand out free weed. Like, I'm down with that. <laughs> so I go back again the next day, and, like, the same shit starts to happen. Before I know it, I'm, like, pledging You're in the game. I'm in, in the, the game. Yeah. And, like... For the first couple fucking months, like, all they really did was, like, get me high. And I was perfect. Like, that That seemed that's like the right thing to do. Yeah, no, that like, sounds great. It seemed it's like good, the right thing to do. good people to have around. Yeah. So, like, we're having parties on, like, Thursdays and Fridays. A bunch of girls there. There's a bunch of alcohol. Like, I love college at this point, right? Uh, I think, like, the first party, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, right? Uh, so, like, I go to this house party that one of the dudes in the house is having. I, like, show up. I get pissed drunk because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm talking to some random chick. Uh, and she's like, do you want to go somewhere a little bit more quieter? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. And like, I still don't 
grasp this concept, right? So we walk outside, and we're like in this fucking parking lot. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like it's quiet here. Uh, and then she started blowing me in the parking lot, hey. and I was very confused. Like I, I was great. Uh, and then like it took me a while to register. Like That's this is what about. this means. Like this is what goes somewhere a little bit quieter means. Right? I'm that kind of girl. <laughs> Is so that like, the first time you ever got fellatio? No. no oh, no. okay. <laughs> we used to go to, uh, the first time I ever got it was in high school by this chick. Uh, it was freshman year. It was in the boys' bathroom. And her brother actually came into the bathroom. <laughs> oh, uh, no. Yeah, so we were in the, the handicap stall because there so was more room. So did you get a head and a fight in that same day? No, so here's the thing. Her brother, because she was being picked up by her brother to like go home or whatever, and we were like pretty late after school. And I had like, uh, it wasn't basketball season yet, but we still went to the gym to like shoot around. So I was supposed to be in there. So I was late, obviously. Uh, and her brother's like looking for her. Mm. And I don't really... I didn't think about this until now, but right now. Yeah. Until literally just right this moment. But if her brother was like, I'm looking for my little sister. Why did she go into the boys? bathroom? Yeah. What you're saying. Yeah. Why would he go into the boys bathroom? She knew. He knew. Yeah. I don't, I don't think this was her first time. Like, I think this was, this is, this was, this was common for, for her. I think maybe, I don't remember. Oh, never mind. I don't want you to say her name on the podcast. Nah, I'm not going to do that. Uh, but anyways, he goes in the bathroom and, He's like saying her name and she's like freaked out. I'm like, just shut up. Just don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he like leaves the bathroom. And so we walk. So we end up finally like walking out of the bathroom. Uh, and the principal is standing above the fucking. There's like a two story area of the school. And the principal's looking directly down at us both walking out of the guy's bathroom. And I'm like, fuck, I got to go to practice. I just walked the fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> was there a talk that followed that? Nothing? No. The weird thing he was like. He just waited. He just looked you in the eyes and let you know. Yeah. Like he 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 knew. He knew that I knew that he knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I went into the, the gym. People were like, where were you? And I was like, oh, man, don't worry about it. Uh, I got lost. Uh, fuck. I'm just, it, weight room? Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, let's do this. <laughs> let's go to the weight room. Uh, that was the first time. It was a really weird experience. All right. Well, and I know that right now we're probably going to end up taking a quick little break. But when we come back, I think we have some good context. Maybe talk about connection a little bit. But we'll be back uh, in a moment. And now, Clips with Friends with Richie P. I fucking hate people that drive Ford Explorers, just like regular Ford Explorers around. And the reason is because, like, that's the car that cops drive around and um i don't understand why people can't buy like just another car why do they have to buy a car that cops drive around and undercover cops drive around like i just i don't know i don't fucking get it dude Had to take a little break, ingest some nicotine. Nicotine is a new tropic. For those of you that were wondering, if you don't know what that is, you should Google search it. It's not, but, uh, it's not spelled how you think it is. It's not. It's I don't know how it's spelled, but <laughs> auto correct for the win. Google will spell it for you because that's the age of technology we live in now. Yeah. But we were just taking a break. We were talking about uh, kind of talking about like self-esteem issues and things like that. So. I was uh, 
I was overweight most of my life. And when I originally met Danny, he was a pretty burly guy as well. I was fat, dude. You don't, you don't yeah, got to show yeah, me. Yeah, I, was, yeah, yeah. I was fat. He was fat. I was fat. We were both fat, right? But we don't look like that today. Today, we're, we're, we've got tight, supple skin and we're <laughs> shredded and breaded. I still smell like Similac. <laughs> and we're looking good. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, and I think that that's a perfect segue because we, when we took our break, you know, we sit outside and, and it's always we kind of loosen up a little bit and have a couple of laughs. And I think that, you know, in, in Danny's discussion, when we're talking about connection and we're talking about these um, things that we've dealt with and, and things we're trying to overcome, they, they kind of started talking about it. And for me, I don't know. You guys can't see me, but I've been, always been underweight. And then my friends who have been overweight, it's been a really beautiful thing to see them implement lifestyle changes that not only change the way that they look, but also their actions, the way they feel, the way they look at themselves. And, and we, were, we were kind of discussing how powerful it is to see the, you say it's a pragmatic perspective. It's like, it's, this isn't a theory. This isn't somebody tried to sell you something. This actually happened for these guys. Like when I, I look at Chad and Chad was, what were you like 70 pounds heavier than you are now? Yeah, I was like 265. And what are you now? Mm, 215 I think and he looks great and he's hiking and climbing on stuff and it's just it's insane and but what it's done for him in the realm of his relationships with people as far as connecting on an outdoor level and having fun uh, and then the way that he views himself is just really beautiful and I think that that's kind of what I'd like to kind of hone in on so Danny you were overweight what yeah. did that bother you for a long time? Yeah, no, absolutely it did, right? So like, let's let's take it back further than that, right? In high school, I'm like the sport, like I'm always playing sports. That's how I engage with people. That's how I connect with people. That's how I like. It was kind of like an escape from like life, which is really weird for like a 14 to 17 year old to be like, I need to escape from life. Right. Uh, but like, it was the place where I felt the most at peace. Right? It was like on a basketball court playing the game. Right. So like the result of that is I'm always active. I'm always running around. So I'm like super, I was like underweight, uh, growing up most of my life. Like my mom's a nurse and she always telling Chad, she used to like take insure drinks. She works at a nursing home. So she used to take insure drinks and bring them home to like, be like, Danny, you need to gain weight. Like, you need to, bul you need you need to bulk, bulk up. up a little bit. Right? <laughs> uh, so like, that's like my life. Then I go into college, whatever. And then at some point, uh, you know, five, six years ago or whenever it was, uh, I was I was sitting in my room uh, and I like went to tie my shoes to like go leave for the day. And like I had to like hit weird angles in order to a be able pivot. to reach. I had to pivot in order to like reach my shoelace. Oh my and I had to like hold like, I, I did the and like lean back and lifted my foot up in order to tie my shoe. And I'm like, this is what, how the fuck did we get here? Yeah, how did this fucking happen? That's everything, right? You just, you kind of find out way too late yeah, yeah it was just like all right i you know like and and mind you at this point like the signs were there right like uh the burger king drive through people knew me by name because i would go there every day and order cinnabons they had the the, the mini cinnies mm. that i used to every day i used to get uh salted caramel milkshakes delivered from uber eats or postmates every day i used to get a cinnamon roll every not all at the same time i would go through phases but like i don't do anything halfway like everything is all the way, all 100, in. yeah, like a zero to 100 real quick, right? Like all the way in, right? Uh, so like I, 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 I don't know. It just like kind of hit me like this has to fucking change. Like this has to change, 
right? So, uh, and and a lot of that I think was affecting like how I perceive myself, right? Because I'm like perceiving myself as this like person who's like active and athletic and like, uh, you know, this is like the body figure that I want and like all that kind of shit. And like, that wasn't my reality at all. Uh, and, and like, all right, cool. Like, what do I do? And I think you were mentioning, right? There's like all these like, you know, you can buy something off of some TV commercial that like electronically shocks your abs for 30 minutes a day. And it's like, Hey, you'll get six pack abs doing this. And I was like, well, probably not, but like, right. it sounds good. But yes. like, there's a difference with being able to see that happen in somebody's life. Right. So like, I just asked a bunch of people, like I knew a bunch of people that were into like weightlifting, competing in competitions and bodybuilding and they were personal trainers and like, or they got trained by somebody and like all this kind of shit. Right. So I just like became a information vacuum. Right. I'm like, Observer, what do I do? Dude. Yeah. Back into your observing. Dude, back into observing. Right. And, and like understanding, okay, how do you do this? There was a guy at work that I worked with that was like super into bodybuilding. I was like, Hey man, how, I need to lose weight. Like, what did you do? So he, like, teaching me about macros and, like, tracking macros and, like, how to identify how many you should have each day and, like, MyFitnessPal, which is an app that you can, like, track your food. And I was fucking diligent, dude. For, like, a good three months, I tracked every single thing that I consumed. How do you track it? On your phone? On your phone. You literally just scan the barcode and it'll populate the – so the macros are just the fats, carbs, and proteins. Right. And it'll and, and you set a goal based on you like do this calculation based on your age, weight, height, how active you are. And it tells you like oh this is God. this is what you and, and if you want to gain or lose weight and it'll tell you like, all right, cool. You need this amount of protein, this amount of carbs, this amount of fats. Yeah. So I set it up and I had the goals there and then I downloaded my fitness pal and every meal I eat, I scan it. And there's like a schedule to how you how you should eat. Right. And like when you should have good carbs versus bad carbs. Right. Simple versus complex. And when you should, how much protein you should have and how you should space it out during the day and what times of the day you should eat and like all of this kind of stuff. Holy. So I literally like, bro, we live in, in the two thousands. Like it's at your fingertips. Is that what you're saying? You, you just... have access to everything. Okay. Like, any sort of information you need is out there. So, and, and just for our listeners, just really quickly, cause for me it would, it's like, what was the aggregate for that change? It's like that day you were tying your shoelace but had it cropped up to you before like this is an issue i would like to fix this had that like kind of trickled through your mind a few times prior to that that potentially you'd like to get in really good shape or i'd like to do this was there ever any trial and error prior to the day that you were just all in you're talking about complex carbs and your <laughs> data tracking because for me it's like i kind of vacillate between like, oh, you know, it's like, I'll wake up some mornings, I'll do 15, 20 pushups. And then eh, the next day I'm like, eh, I don't think I want to do that anymore. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I think there was a lot of those like false starts, right? Like, it's like, I should get in better shape. Like, I want to keep playing basketball and I go to the gym and I play one game and I'm fucking winded and I'm like, all right, man, I'm out of here. Yeah. Right. And I think that happened a lot. Uh, and, you know, like for better or worse, I think that the thing that pushed me over the edge was that whole like self-esteem thing where like I felt kind of shitty about myself. Uh, and if I'm being completely honest, there was like some chick that I was like fooling around with or whatever. Yes, yeah. this is what I did. Yes, Danny. Yeah, this is the aggregate <laughs> for my story as well. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like it always comes back to that, right? It's like there was some chick I was fooling around with and then she started like fucking with some other dude. And I was like, damn, dude, if I wasn't like fat, I would, th that wouldn't have happened, right? right. This fucking hurts. I'm going to show her. Oh, wow. Right? And it was like that level of like, this is like, I'm going to fucking. Just really quick. We don't have to yeah. go too deep. Has she hit you up since? I'm still like friends with her. Like, okay. we're still cool. And like, we like fooled around afterwards a little bit. Like, we. Yeah, here's Danny the thing. for the win. We, we got to the level 
of uh, like connectedness or relationship that I am capable of having right now. And I want to uh, come back to that too, but okay. So then you, so you, you're tracking all of this. Yeah, right? you're tracking all this data. You're getting in really like how long did it take before you start seeing? Oh my God, this is working. Um, yeah, because I'm like an instant gratification dude, right? So like for one you know, week uh, in, I'm like, I gained two pounds. This is bullshit, right? Uh, but like, thankfully, the people that I talked to were like, hey, man, look, this is what's going to happen. You're not going to notice shit for like the first couple weeks. Trust me, it's working. Like, don't worry about that. Don't weigh yourself four times a day. Just trust the process and it'll yeah. work. And the thing is, it worked for them. So I was like, all right, cool. Like you have some some standing to base this off of. Like, I'll trust you. And I think the, the, I started noticing results maybe a month in. Like I, I started noticing. And it wasn't necessarily on the scale. It was more like, okay, now I'm going to the gym and I can play three games. Now I'm going to the gym, I can play four mm. games. Now I can, like, I can lift a little bit more weight. Or I feel better when I wake up. I have a little bit more energy. It's easier for me to wake up. It's easier for me to go to sleep. Yeah. Like those types of things, right? Mm -hmm. And then a couple months in, I start seeing it on the scale. I start seeing it on my body. Uh, and then like three months in or so, like I'm seeing people that, you know, I don't see every day, but maybe I see them once a month or twice a month or whatever. Uh, and they're like, damn, dude, you, you look like you, have you lost weight? That's powerful. <laughs> huh? That's the most powerful thing ever. You're just like, like and that's a, say nice things to people when they look at, I know that that, I mean, that means so much to me, even if it's clothes or something, it's just like, Hey, yeah, the, people don't give compliments. Like that's not a thing that happened. Like, maybe it does. And I just don't see it. But like. Right. I'm, just make that shit up. Just yes. just walk up to someone today and just be like, did you lose weight? And like, it'll probably make them, unless they're like underweight and whatever and like have that like struggle. Yeah. Like it'll probably make their fucking day. That's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, I remember last summer when we went, Anthony and I and some people went to Atlanta, Georgia and we're going through the airport in Atlanta and there's this TSA lady who's checking IDs, right? And she's just, you can just tell she's angry, but her eyebrows or her makeup was on point <laughs> and people are just going through and like they're just she's just like looking at her she's like next 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 and then i get up there and she's like mm -hmm. and then i look at her and she's like how are you and i'm like not as good as those eyebrows are looking <laughs> damn and she just smiled well, dude. and that's i mean i i would say that you know in our community that that's a very powerful thing i mean i I argue with my therapist a lot and, and kind of what you were saying was we're kind of a piecemeal of the perception of other people. And I believe that my community shapes me. I, I totally yeah. and utterly believe that. And so for us to have a community of people, one that aren't going to bullshit us and kind of tell us when we are, you know, whether it's, you know, gaining weight and trying to find a loving and compassionate way to transmit that. But then yeah. also when someone is doing well is like, this is noticeable. Yeah. You know, Chad's disciplines are insane chad's how old are you chad 26 26 he goes to bed and wakes up at 5 a.m and i know he's a maniac but i i notice it and i try and tell him i'm wow you are well disciplined and he eats well so so you get into shape people start complimenting you how much weight do you lose uh so i, I when i started i was 220 with a 30 percent body fat how tall are you uh I say six foot. I'm like really five eleven and like two quarters, like we'll three call quarters. You six foot here. Yeah, you I almost said two quarters. Me. Like that's not a half. What the fuck? Yeah, I say six feet, and yeah. and usually it slides. The hair kind of gets me to to six feet. I could see that. <clears throat> yeah, so I'll roll with that. Real quick aside, if you make a TSA person 
laugh, you have magical powers. So, like, congratulations, that's wild. Chad literally can connect with any human on Earth. Yeah. It's almost frustrating. I, I don't want to build this up too much because it's been a hard point in my life is to get Chad out of anywhere in a timely basis because Chad will connect on a, such a deep emotional level with people. Yeah. It's frustrating to me. He, we do We work together at times. And we'll work with people. And I've my whole life I've thought, man, I'm likable. Because people tend to, to talk with me. Uh. Never have I worked with someone that I could unquestionably say people like him more. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like people don't trust it's kind me. It's kind of rough. It's like, God damn it. Like, why, what, like, what does he have? That? It's I'm like Chad's like doing? an uncle to everyone that they love. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, come on in, Chad. Yeah, you got to teach me, dude. Because I don't, I, like, people like me generally, I feel like, right? Like, or at least they don't hate me. Uh so, I don't know. Maybe I can learn something about that. And also, to your point, like, there were people that told me, like, dude, you're getting a little bit bigger. Like, what's going on? Uh, I remember one of them, like, would, would tell me, like, bluntly, like, dude, you're getting, like, you're having a couple extra servings every day, aren't you? Right? And, like, and it, was, it wasn't in this, like, antagonistic shaming asshole way. shaming way. It right. was just, like, yeah, man, these are what the facts are. Yeah. And it's, like, oh, fuck. Like, all right, cool. Like, I, I, and I've been, like, lucky enough to have... Uh, to be surrounded by people like that for a long time who like are comfortable enough to be honest and open with me and I'm able to hear that yeah. in a way that's like, oh, they're not just trying to talk shit. Like, this is a real thing. Like, mm-hmm. maybe I should take a look at this. Well, and, and fucking Chad was talking about it last <clears throat> week was like when you hit that precipice of change, normally what's come before that is a bit of, and for me, it always comes out as anger. Someone will say something and I'll immediately be defensive about it. Yeah. And then, but I'll take it home. You know, I'll take it home and I'll think about it. And it's like if fucking change was easy, that would be that wouldn't even be worth anything. You know, it's like if I I haven't been in the gym in three years, if I think for a fucking second that if I start going to the gym, it's going to be comfortable. I'm out of my goddamn mind. But that's what's going to be necessary for me to change and to, uh, you'd say, recondition myself. And that happens in the emotional world. That happens in everything. So that precipice of change is usually because of some conflict. Yeah, it's usually pain, right? It's, it's like it has, some it, sort of like internal emotional pain, right? Fuck. And the wild thing though is like two, three months in, it was it was the opposite where like if I didn't go to the gym, I felt off. Yeah. And I was like, no, this is fucked up. I gotta I gotta figure this out. I gotta go and like get this part of my routine in, right? Mm-hmm. So I go from 220, 30% body fat to, to 180 and 10% uh, in a span of six months. And then my, uh, my cousin was getting married in this island called Mauritius. It's off the coast of Madagascar. And it was time to like go to this wedding. I went with my family and we're on the beach. It's December, but it's on the other side of the world. And it's like in the Southern hemisphere. And, and one of those reasons is why it was warm in December over there. So we go to this fucking island off the coast of Madagascar in December where it's like 80 degrees. And I'm able to like go on the beach and like not have a shirt on and feel completely content and comfortable. Yeah. Right. Oh and it my was like, God. I can't even begin to explain the amount of like, Little things I've had to do my entire life. Yeah. Like, I've had to wear double Do you wear shirts. a shirt in a pool? I used to. Right, yeah. I used to, but now I let it all hang <laughs> out. But, like, there was, like, certain things. Like, I had to wear boxer briefs because I could pull them up over my gut, and then they can make it a little bit smaller. I always had to wear two shirts when Yo, I was younger. You know what? That You're, you're ahead of your time because uh, there's been, like, people talking about this now about how yoga pants are, are, are not supposed to cover your stomach. And like there was a big backlash about that, so I, I feel like you were ahead of your time by pulling the boxer briefs <laughs> above the stomach. And people would be like, "Yo, why are your underwear so high? Why do you have a wedgie right now?" <laughs> You're having a couple extra servings every day, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
But yeah, man, like little things like that, dude, like my entire life were always, it's, it's like just became ingrained into who I was. Like I had to do these things a certain way because I felt so bad about myself constantly. Yeah. You know? And like at one point I grew a really, really big beard because I wanted to hide my fat fucking face. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's what it was, dude. You know? And I just dealt with that for so long. And like, I was never able to, um, like I had all those wasted attempts, right? I remember when I was like, maybe, I don't know, 17 or 18, uh, I convinced my dad to buy me the Tony Horton's 30 minute workout thing with the tapes and the resistance bands. And I did it for like a week. What was the acronym? There was like PDX. Uh, Oh, I know what you're talking about. P90X. 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 Was it like that? It was something along those lines. That shit is tough. How long did you stay with it? A week. Yeah. Uh. A week. I just, I never did it. You know what I mean? Because like the idea of like trying to change my entire lifestyle was just so difficult. And And daunting. And Inertia is powerful. Like inertia is really fucking powerful. There's been times even after that where like I PUBG came out and I was playing six hours a day and like getting Gamers. outside of the house like that wasn't gonna happen right like I was I was that's what I did I got home from work I played PUBG for six hours I and like you know shit changed like I got a little bit bigger I got a little bit more disconnected from people and like fucking I don't know a year ago I was like kind of miserable low key right yeah. and like I had to change that inertia in order to get to a place where I was like all right cool this is this is okay right but I think that like the underlying kind of opinion or position or theory or whatever you want to call it is like there are things within my control. So if I'm unhappy with something, if there's something within my control that can change that, right? then it's basically just a decision that I need to make and then put the action behind that decision. And right? trust. Like I just need the information and then I need to be able to take that action. Beautiful. So there's no fucking reason for me to sit with something that I can control. Well, let's loop this back around. Yeah. So... As far as connection, yeah, yeah, you've obviously had, and and I could go into connection issues as well. But I'm married now, and so it's been. Oh, and thank you so yeah. much. It really is. She's uh, a great my wedding. better half. Um, and so, for you, what mm. are you doing today? If anything, it's okay not to be. We don't. We don't have. By the way, for our listeners, we don't have this scripted. We don't know. But for as far as connection with people, maybe it's friends, maybe it's women. Yeah. What are you doing today? Are you working on that? Are you doing therapy for it? Are you dating? What's going on with your connections? Yeah, no, that's a good question, right? Um, I've like compartmentalized my life my entire life, right? So I have like family over here and then right. I have like work over here and then I have like friends and social over here, right? And they don't really mix much. Um, and they've started to a little bit uh, recently. Not work as much because that's just weird to me, but whatever. Um so, so a couple of things, right? Uh, the, the first thing was the, the self, like it sounds fucking cliche and like, oh, you gotta do the self work and like that kind of shit. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, it, it's pretty accurate, right? Like if I feel miserable about myself, I'm going to carry that energy into everything. And then all of a sudden, like anything that's ambiguous, I'm going to take as a slight, right? Like if you don't fucking walk up to me when I see you at a party or whatever and like, be like oh, fuck Danny, what's up? Like, I'm gonna be like, oh, this motherfucker's ignoring me because he doesn't like me, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, right? And it's like this bullshit like thing that my head says because I'm weird. So, I, you know, like the first thing was like, all right, cool. What are the things I need in order for me to feel comfortable with myself like solo, right? So like getting into shape, eating healthy, um, like having a good like job or like th- something that I'm like goals, some ambition. Anything for the self-talk? Uh, wait, what do you mean? Like, I don't know. I've heard people do gratitude lists or anything like that. I've never yeah, been able to do man, that. I have people I who are like, want to. do morning affirmations. Yeah, I've but wanted you, to do those. So kind of uh, intrinsically, 
Yeah. You fixed the way stuff and the, the self-talk started to change? Yeah, it was like um, I wasn't doing shit, dude. I, like I said, I would go to work I would, and I wasn't doing shit at work, right? Like I just literally just passed the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I would get home and then I'd play video games for like five hours and then I'd go to sleep and then I would do the same thing the next day. Yeah. Right? And like I wasn't doing anything. And now like uh, I don't, I'm never, I'm, I, I leave the house at like 8 a.m. now, 9 a.m., if I'm being honest, and, and I get back at like 11, right? And now it's like, all right, I go to work, and I'm like being productive and doing things. And then on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, I have class because I'm like learning a bunch of stuff to like improve my skill set and like try to gain some sort of like talents in order to use them in, in other areas. Yep. Uh, I'm going to the gym regularly. I'm like meal prepping and eating healthy. How often healthy. is regularly? Uh, four times a week. Yeah. So I go Monday, okay. Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Awesome. Right? And it's like a schedule. Like, I literally have to schedule my life now. It's wild. Um, And then, uh, like, I, so a year ago, I was, like, in the in kind of this area of, like, man, I'm not doing anything. I feel blah, blah, blah. And, and my roommate, Gene, was just like, dude, come play volleyball. There's a bunch of people that come play volleyball. Yeah. Like, you don't feel connected with anybody. Like, you should probably come do this. So I go. I've never played volleyball in my life. I fucking look forward to Mondays now. Like that's the funnest thing I do in my week is is go and play volleyball with a bunch of people who I didn't really know beforehand, and like yeah. it's a really good time, right? Uh, and I'm like doing things with other people. Also, like I'm able to. I have a pretty good like living situation right now with the people I live with, where I'm able to be open in terms of like, yeah, this is what's going on right now. Like I feel miserable. I feel disconnected. I feel great. Uh, like whatever is going on, right? And I can be honest and open and, and like receive that that love or that feedback or whatever it is, mm-hmm. that suggestion of, hey, this is probably what, what you should do. Um, I've been able to like take a bunch of trips with my family and like I was never really connected with them that like that closely, honestly. But like we went to Mauritius together. We went to Jamaica together. Uh, and like, you know, naturally like you get closer with that type of stuff. Uh so like I don't know like it, you know my my nephew's uh, or not my nephew my little cousin's uh, in the hospital with cancer right now and like you know that that sucks um, but one of the byproducts of that is like we go to the hospital frequently and like mm-hmm. we're there together and like we interact and and, and that kind of stuff uh, I don't know man just being a part of life I guess like I don't know how to boil that down into like a you know a sound bite but it's just like taking taking some sort of action taking tons of micro activity yeah it's like a bunch of micro activity and it's like it all started i think with open dialogue with people that were close to me wow right this again yeah just like being open to like hey this is what's going on and they're like you should try this it worked for me oh my god all right cool it worked for you let me try it let me see what happens right transparency yeah and it's like hard right because like it's it's you know, like how, uh, if I'm worried about you judging me, if I'm worried about how, if I'm not comfortable with myself, I'm going to be worried about how you perceive me. So I can't be transparent and open with you. Uh, I don't know, man. This is like shit I think about on like a regular basis, just wild. Well, it's very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. No. And so in my mind, what I've kind of heard you tell me is, and, and so for me, I know connection has always been really, really tough um, as far as, you know, how close do I get with people? How do I even deal with that? How do we work on it? And the micro activities is really insightful for me to think about everything that I put in my life mattered in the, it, it directly affected my connection with other people. And to hear that as you've thrown positive and positive and positive into these other areas, it kind of have just 
you know, slid into that. As far as relationships with women, I know I don't know if you ducked it or uh, I probably ducked it. You ducked it. I probably did. Yeah. Are you Let's feeling back like <laughs> are whatever? You feeling like uh, you're? Are you in a position right now where you're dating? Are you? Uh, hoping the day are you looking for that connection yeah no like i want to have a family at some point right like i, I want to be married with kids at some point holy right? smoke uh absolutely 100 percent. right um i don't think i'm capable of having first off i don't like all that stuff is like awkward to me in terms of like all right are we just talking are we dating like what does that look like what are the expectations and like my head runs with that type of shit so like every time i'm on a date i'm like Am I doing the right thing? What are they thinking right now? Are they impressed? Are they happy? Like the, my mind is racing that fast, right? Like I feel like I'm talking pretty fast right now. Yeah. And that's how my mind is racing <laughs> during that time, right? Um, I don't think I am capable currently of having a successful relationship, right? And that like sounds sad, right. uh, but I think it's pretty honest, right? So uh, someone I know, introduced me to this thing called uh, attachment styles, right? And it's this test on psychology today that, that you take. So I take this test and it says you have a fearful avoidant attachment style, right? So like the, the theme is uh, someone gets too close and I run or there's this fear of abandonment and when that gets too high, I also disengage and withdraw, mm-hmm. right? And, and it comes from probably like how I grew up and having multiple people come and live with us for a couple of years and then take off and being an observer in my own home and like all this stuff from childhood, right? So like that thing makes it really challenging to have like a successful intimate relationship. So like my relationships, even like not with women, like with friends or, or family or whoever, mm they get to a, a, a level of intimacy and then they stop, yeah. right? There's very few people, like I can count them on one hand, that get below a certain level of intimacy, right? So my relationships are mile wide inch deep. So like that sucks. Like that's not cool. Like it's, it's not fun. It's not ideal. Like, you know, when I was younger, I used to be like, oh man, like if, if you fuck me over, I can cut you off and it's not a big deal to me. And it's like, that's not that tight, yeah, right? Yeah, like that's yeah, yeah. not a badge of honor, right? Um, so literally over the last like two, three weeks, uh, I've had like consultations with therapists. I've been to therapy a couple of times and I don't do well with therapists that, uh, need me to lead the, the, the session. Yeah. You're, you're looking for someone to challenge. You. I need someone to challenge me, to ask me questions, to Got drive it. me places, to try to logically explain to me, like, this is why this is happening. And, and this is what you can do to try to like get past this. Yeah. Right. Um, and then like also like cognitive behavioral therapy. I don't know if that's like the right modality for me because like I can, you know, I, I either see where you're going with your line of questioning and I anticipate the answers you're trying to hear or I don't know. There's just a bunch of things. So like I'm interested in EMDR. Right. Because like there is likely some trauma that is causing some of this stuff as well. Right. Yep. Um, so long story short, I have another appointment next week. Um, there's another dude that, I, that I'm going to go for a first appointment like the week after. Uh, and I'm essentially interviewing therapists uh, to try to identify one that uh, I can it's connect probably with. Good, actually, yeah, it's probably yeah. good for someone like you're an observer. You got to trust that what you're getting into is actually going to help you before you do it. Yeah, because I've been to a couple people, like like three different ones, like mm-hmm. three times each, and yeah. by the third session, I'm like. Yeah, man, I don't think I'm gonna get much out of this. Yeah, you're having, you're there to work on connections, and you're not connecting with yeah. the therapist. You really do have some. Also, it's really weird because like, 
I don't know. You've been to therapy. Is it weird talking about this stuff? How do you know I've been to therapy? You said it earlier. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like, Man, I'm, you, I'm observant. No, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I love therapy. Is it weird to talk to people about Like, it? your first couple of sessions, is it weird going into the therapist and being like, this is the shit that's fucking me up? Yeah, no, it's hard because, like you said, you're uh, you're anticipating the mold that they're going to build around what you say. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll say something and then I'll ju- like not justify it, but I'll kind of show her that I can rebuke the justifications as well. So I, so I'll say it and then I'll say I understand that you probably think that this is why <laughs> I think that way, but this is why you I don't think that. Way. So but my therapist, I love her. She's a 65-70 year old woman and yeah. and she stands her ground really hard and it's it's exactly what I needed. And have you so, ever been to a guy therapist? I, I don't think I have. Ever, I, I've only had women therapists. That's, that's one thing that, that, that started happening in this process is like uh, one of the appointments was with a guy and, and one of the upcoming ones will be. Um, and I'm just curious about like, I don't know, for some reason when I think of therapy, I think of like nurturing female presence, right? Yeah. So like, I, I've been to a uh, a male masseuse. That's very different. <laughs> let, me, let me tell it's a different you, different type of therapy. Okay, go ahead. Let me tell you yeah. that experience. You don't want to go back to females after it, that. And it oh, happily or experience. <laughs> did it did it end happily? I felt good. <laughs> this is perfect. For All right. Sure. So to, so we're wrapping up. What I would say I've heard is when I'm if I'm getting challenged in my life or I'm having issues or and things are coming up and I'm wanting to change something that what I'm what I'm looking at is, is, or it gives me an opportunity to evaluate what's going on with me. And the best way for me to change it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is start to fix what I can control. So look at what I can and can't control about this situation. I mean, some of us are just built differently. Some things we're just going to have to accept. But if we're absolutely doing everything that we can that's within our control, then it might start to affect these other areas. Cause it sounds like uh, with a lot of your connection, you're, you're kind of still delving into it, but it sounds like a lot of it has rectified itself through a lot of the changes that you put into your life. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm like, I don't know, let's say 75% of the way there. Um, but if, if I had to put like a, a thesis around, do you ever want to get there? Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. Like absolutely. You're going to keep growing though. Yeah. I don't think there's a, a, a peak or a yeah. stopping point, right? But I, I definitely want to continue to like improve my satisfaction and quality of life in these areas, right? 100%. Uh, and, and I think it's kind of the same theme over and over again, right? The first step is awareness, right? And awareness can come from myself. It can come from people that are close to me that are able to be honest with me and that sort of thing. But the first step is awareness. Uh, and then the next step is, okay, identification of the things that I can control, right? What mm-hmm. can I do, right? So like if we take the the me used to being fat thing, it's like, all right, cool. I'm aware that I'm overweight now. And then the next step is identifying what I can control, my level of exercise and my eating habits. And then it's acquiring the information necessary, right? This is how I structure my diet. This is how I work out. This is how often I work out. Uh, and then it's just dedication and commitment, right? And, and I don't know, typically there's like a, a, a balance between pain and comfort. And when the pain is higher than my level of comfort in staying where I'm at, I'm going to continue to change to get rid of that pain. And that's kind of been my theme. And what we can do for each other also to just segue with that is it sounded like some big moments in your transition where other people's perceptions were their compliments. 
Yeah. And they're pushing you towards that direction. So as, as equally powerful as it is for you, what you can culminate as far as willingness is for us as a community, when we start to see these changes, to realize that we have to be a part of that person's change as well. I mean, or if we are, it might just continue. Cause I can tell you sometimes it's hard when you're trying to change. Chad was talking about that earlier, everything. And it's like when someone comes in and they kind of just help you and they don't have to like coddle you or wake you up. It probably would be counterproductive for that. But those compliments as well were. No, that reinforcement means like it, it takes no effort to give someone some reinforcement or a positive statement or whatever, some support, right? It takes zero effort to be like, yeah, man, hey, you're looking good today. But you're having a couple extra servings every day, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Right. And that that, that was a helpful statement. Right. But it it takes no effort. And the impact like the the effort to impact ratio is wild. Right. Uh, So I don't know, man. Tell tell someone something that that they need to hear or will help them get to where they're going. um, And and the world will be a significantly better place. What a beautiful way to wrap this up. That was wonderful, Danny. Thank you. Thank you to everybody in the room. Yeah. If there's anything we can take from that, man, is just. A simple hello to somebody that looks like they need it and and taking that small action and you don't know how you're going to possibly affect that person's life in the positive light. But that was Last We Got with Danny, uh, Anthony and uh, Dr. David Slack and myself, Mr. Chudzi. Please tune in uh, later this week for some more great content. We love you guys. Thanks for listening.